Okay, let's uh, let's look at a little bit of word, and we'll go, we're going to let the, we're going to keep our minds in this direction. But uh, w- w- the word is the truth that makes us free. The word is the is what empowers us to be able to have the faith to receive whatever God would have for us. Um, obviously, we're not going to be able to preach what I wanted to this morning so desperately, but uh, um, let's let's open up our Bibles to John chapter one. John chapter one. We've preached out of this. Uh, many times, but I want to use it for a text because even though we're not going to go in the, that direction, I wanted to this morning, uh, completely, uh, the people who need to hear that desperately, they're not here. So God's going to say that and we're going to prepare us to be able to be in the place to be able to help them when they are here. Amen. John chapter one. Let's start reading in verse number, uh, uh, 10. John 1 and 10. If you're there, say amen. Uh, he was in the world, talking about Jesus, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. Isn't that the truth tonight? Uh, every one of us were made by Jesus, but there's some that does not understand that they are created by a loving, living Lord. Amen. Verse number 11, he came unto his own and his own received him not. Talking about the, the, the 12 tribes, the, 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 what we call the Jews for uh, lack of a better terminology. Verse 12, but as many as received him, to them gave he power, uh, privilege, force, authority to become the sons, uh, the children of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, uh, but of God. Now notice verse 14. This is why we're reading all of this. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, and the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus, the word, is full of grace and full of truth. So you and I, we can have the truth, but if we don't have the grace to impart it, it does us no good. We can have grace, but if we don't have truth, uh, then what are we going to do with the grace? What What is the grace going to show us? It can't show us anything without truth. Amen? So we've got to have them hand to hand, and they've got to be in the proper proportion. They've got to be uh, conjoined together. Brother Donnie, would you pray? Yes. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Brother Donnie. Thank you for your your presence here tonight. Thank you for your willingness to let the Spirit speak to you, the willingness to let the Spirit use you. Now, don't be discouraged. See, when you and I, when we yield to the Spirit of God, and because we've got uh, uh, a position in other people's lives, God has placed us in, in people's lives, uh, and we have a place of authority. We have a place of... Uh, of, um, uh, of that we've been authorized uh, to, to, to be able to stand in the gap for people and to minister to them. So there's some people are, who are not here tonight, but we can lay a foundation uh, and, and we know that as, as we obey the Spirit of God and as we speak out, decree some things, come in agreement with the Word of God, that the Spirit of God can uh, take and minister to them uh, during this whole week until we all come back together. Amen? That's the kind of God we serve. So tonight, I want us to look at just a few things that will help us. uh, If we're going to go in grace, like we talked about this morning, if we're going to teach other people how to go in grace, and if we're going to be in the place and the position uh, to to, to bring unity and and, and in the perfect bond of peace by the Spirit and the Word of God uh, as grace is is heard and received, uh, then then we need to to know that truth. We need to have the balance of the truth uh, to be able to, to receive that. That grace. So open up your Bibles to the book of Colossians, and I want to look at just a couple things tonight. I want to look at, we need to look at how our speech, uh, it, it need, we need to go in grace in our speech. We need to go in grace with our singing. 
You and I, we need to have, every one of us, we need to have a song in our heart, in our spirit. Uh, I can't sing a lick, but I can have a song in my spirit uh, that has nothing to do with the natural man. And, and so, uh, and, and then when we, when we do that, then we're in a place where our speech and our song is together and we're able to give God some things that we've never been able to give Him before with an attitude that's correct. See, I've gave God some things, but I had a bad attitude. Just all honesty. Here you go, God. You can take it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to give it to you, but I'm going to do that. And, and so, uh, we're on the potter's wheel. We're, uh, God's doing a work in our life. But, uh, and as we do that, then when temptation comes, when the tempter comes because of grace, we're going to overcome all temptation. And then with, as the devil brings that temptation, what he doesn't realize and understand because of grace and our receiving of, of the truth, uh, to operate in that grace, we're going to grow like never before. So that's the things we're going to look at. We're going to look at, at speech, at, 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 in the, in words, but in song. We're going to look at the ability to be able to give. We're going to look at the, uh, the ability to be able to overcome temptation. And we're going to look at the ability that that temptation is not a bad thing. It's a growing thing. Amen. All right. So in Colossians, um, I, I want, we're going to, we're going to start this on Wednesday night Bible study. And I, I encourage you to be praying about this Bible study and to be praying to, that we can get the mind of the Lord and, and we can teach this uh, line by line and verse by verse. Because this book of Colossians, this is the message of the moment from heaven. This is what the church needs to be hearing for you and I to live victoriously. And so uh, encourage people, call them and say, hey, don't forget about Bible study. You know, remind them and see if we can't get them here because uh, the times that we're fixing to go through, they're going to need to hear the word of God. Amen. Desperately. But I want you to notice this a very familiar verse in Colossians chapter four. Look at uh, starting in uh, in verse number three. Colossians 4 and 3. Paul says, With all praying also for us that God would open unto us a door of utterance. Uh, utterance, logos. Uh, it's, it's something said, including the thought uh, behind what's being said. He said, I want an open door with my words to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in bonds, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. And so you and I, we've, uh, if, if we look at the pattern, Paul said, follow me as I follow Jesus. And so we want to we want to uh, be in that 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 way. We want to follow Jesus, but uh, Paul gives us a, a revelation of Jesus, and and so he, here he's laying forth the the reality that he said, "I want to speak. I want to have a door of utterance, and I want it to be by grace." Notice what he says, uh, verse five: "Walk in wisdom toward them that are without, redeeming the time." Well, the only way you and I can walk in wisdom is we've got to talk in wisdom first. Because we'll never go where our speech doesn't lead us. We can have that desire. We can uh, have have uh, uh, our, our mind on a lot of things, but we can fool ourselves. We can trick ourselves if we're not very careful because our speech is what's going to determine where we go. So he said, I, I want to walk in wisdom toward them that are without redeeming the time. We need that so much right now. And how do we do it? Verse 6, let your speech... So my logos, my words, let my words be always at all times uh, with grace. Now, so uh, what I've got to see is here that as we look at, at, at the ability to go in grace in these subjects that the Lord has laid on our heart. I mean, just before church started, just as we was getting into church, uh, 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 the Spirit of God started going in this direction. It, it's not about anybody else, but it's about me. We're going to see over and over that the Apostle Paul, by the unction of the Holy Ghost, says, let this be. I, I just got to let it be. I've got to make the choice and say, Lord, I believe your word. I take you at your word and I'm going to I'm going to let my speech be. See, because I, 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 I'm the determining factor. I'm the one that opens my mouth. And, and I can determine I, I have the ability to control my speech or not. Uh, 
And, and, and so I need to see that. So he said that I need to walk in wisdom toward those who are without, redeeming the time. People are needing wisdom. They're needing a redemptive Savior. Amen. They're needing to know that this is the day of salvation. And the only way they'll know that is if my speech, if your speech, if we just let it be seasoned with salt. This word seasoned, it means to be prepared. It means to, 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 uh, to be prepared with the, the salt of the Word of God. Uh, and so he said, let your, see, your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer some people sometime. See, so the devil wants to tell us that we don't know what to say. Well, we don't. But when we, when we're operating in grace, remember Jesus, the one that you accepted as your Lord and Savior, the one that I accepted as my Lord and Savior, there in John chapter 1 verse 14, He is full of grace and full of... Come on, for us! So, He is full of all of those things. He lives in me. He lives in you. So I need to let him talk through me. I need to say, Lord, you're not only the Lord uh, uh, of my life, but you're the Lord of my language. I give you permission to speak through me. I, 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 I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to let you season my words. I, in other words, I'm going to let you put the emphasis on the right word. Don and I, we can fight in a drop of a hat over one word that was emphasized the wrong way. And the fight isn't even about what was said. It was just about the emphasis on a word. But at the same time, we can come together in great power when there is a, 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 an anointing of grace, when there's, there's salt on those words that cuts through the external and, and cuts through the, 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 the things that are, are so temporal and, and if we're not careful, so, such a stronghold. And we, and we can see everything, attitudes and actions changed. Amen. That's what I want, don't you? So tonight, I, I, I want to let my speech be seasoned with, with the very salt that comes by the grace of God. And, and, and all I've got to do is make up my mind that I'm going to let the Word of God set the parameters of what I say and what I don't say. I'm going to let the Word of God tell me uh, what I can do and what I can't do. I'm going to let the Word of God, that grace, that truth, I'm going to let that truth come into my life and then I'm going to let the grace uh, bring that truth to pass in moment by moment of my life, allowing my life to be successful. Amen? Now, hold your place. We'll come right back here. But go with me to Ephesians chapter 4. Let's have a second witness on this. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. The Apostle Paul to the church at Ephesus, he says, Let no corrupt communication. Let, let no rotten, no worthless, no putrid. Look the word up in the Greek. It, it, it's very clear. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. So it goes back to what I'm letting come out of my mouth. I can blame the devil if I want to. I can blame the world if I... Well, you made me do it. No, I did it. They, The devil may have been using them to push me and to prod me and all those things, but I am responsible for what I say. They're not. I'm going to be judged for what I say. They're not. Now, they're going to be judged for what they do and all of those things. Don't get me wrong. But it boils down that I have more power and authority and I've got to exercise in that. Amen? So he said, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying. Now you and I, we've got to realize that Jesus has called us out of this world that is broken. And then he has placed us and called us back into the world to be house builders. Because that's what this word is. He said, I want you to speak words that edify. I want you to be a house builder. I want you to be about the architecture of heaven. I want you to speak words that build the will and the plan of God into people's lives. You can do that. I can do that. We can redeem the time. We can walk in wisdom to those who are without because we can speak words that will give them hope, that will point them to a, a, a savior and away from a, a, a worker of death and destruction. Amen. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearer. 
Why are we in a mess right now? Because we've got away from grace. We've got to get back to the foundation of the good news of the gospel. And the foundation of the good news of the gospel is that, that you and I, that we live by the grace of God. And he said that you and I had the opportunity to minister grace. Wow. Now, this word, uh, as more times or not, is just translated uh, from the Greek to give. I can't give what I haven't received. But Jesus, I've received, you've received, right? He is full of grace and full of truth. So I need to have that proper proportion. And, and I, I need to let my speech be full of that. I, I need to, to give out. I need to see that, that somebody's not going to hear about the grace that God's worked in my life unless I witness it. I love to tell certain things that y'all share. You know, and, and, and it's always a blessing to somebody that I tell it to. But, you know, you can tell they're always saying in their mind, well, oh, I wish I could have heard that from myself. Because, see, when they hear it from you, your mouth, because it's your testimony, it, it's your victory, it's your deliverance, it's your peace. When they hear that, it changes everything. And so you and I, we've got to be in that place where we realize that if the world is falling apart around us, we've got the grace of God to build it back up. Not for everybody, because there's going to be only going to be some that will hear. But thank God for those who will hear. Because there will be some that will hear and they'll come out of death and destruction and they'll come into the goodness of God. Amen? That's what we desire. Okay. Notice what he said. In the next verse, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. So that tells us if we're going to minister, uh, be a home builder, if we're going to uh, have our speech seasoned with salt, if we're going to uh, be speaking things that will build into people's lives, it's going to be inspired by the Holy Spirit. Because if I'm doing the corrupt, the worthless, the putrid speech, it's, he said it would grieve the Holy Spirit. So if, if I'm not grieving the Holy Spirit, that means I'm empowered by the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit speaks, he takes the letter of the word and he makes Jesus stand up. See, there's one thing to read something, a black letter on a white page. But when the Holy Ghost takes that black letter on a white page or that red letter on a white page and makes it stand up, they can see Jesus. That's how you build into people's lives. That's how we build into people's lives. And so, and grieve not the Holy Spirit, whereby you are sealed under the day of redemption. You and I, we've got a seal on us. We've got the earnest money of the Holy Spirit. That gifting uh, is inside of us and we're going to have the fullness uh, when the Lord returns. But right now you've got something in you that is your source of power, your source of knowledge, wisdom, understanding, victory, all of those things. All right, let's go back to Colossians. Now, we we were looking uh, about this speech, but let's look at, at the uh, the power of singing. Go to Colossians chapter 3 this time. and. Um, It says in verse 15, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Let the peace of God be your umpire uh, to the which you are called in one body and be you thankful. So I I need to see that I'm in the body of Christ and that you're in the body of Christ. We're brothers and sisters in that body. I need you. You need me. I'm so thankful that what I lacked in my life, God chose you to meet that need. That's how we have have no schism in the body because I see that I need you. You see that you need me. And so I can be so thankful that the Lord is building us together, one body for his glory. And look what happens when we come to that understanding. Verse 16, we let the word of Christ dwell, inhibit, uh, pardon me, inhabit, inhabit in our lives, live in us uh, richly, come on, copiously. Wow, in abundance. You you mean I can have more of the word? I can be greedy with the word of God? That's what he's saying. I can have just as much of the word of God as I want. And and I can be filthy rich in the word of God. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns. And notice this, spiritual songs, singing with what? Grace. 
singing with grace in your hearts, in your spirit, singing with grace in your spirit to the Lord. I don't have to entertain anybody else. Nobody else may not want to hear it, but Jesus wants to hear you sing to him. And, and when we let our speech be seasoned with salt, when we're, when we're, our speech is not grieving the Holy Spirit, then all of a sudden, as you and I are just talking to the Lord and we're, we're, we're praising Him and, and we're, we're so thankful for where He's placed us and we're thankful for those around us and we're thankful that He's the head of the many-membered body. Then all of a sudden, that speech turns into a song. See, what does this, what does First Corinthians fourteen fifteen say? See, we we we're supposed to pray in the spirit, but we're also supposed to sing in the spirit. Thank you, Sister Victoria. What is it then? I will pray with the Spirit. So it's your will. See, now I'm gonna, I need to take this a side note here. There's some people that would say, I can't pray in tongues. I will. It, it, it's your will. You can, if, if, if you've been baptized in the Holy Ghost, you can pray in the Spirit. You can pray in tongues anytime you want to. The devil just doesn't want you to. So the will is, I will pray with the Spirit. In other words, I'm going to pray with the unction of the Holy Ghost, and I will pray with understanding. In other words, uh, you, 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 you got a situation like tonight. Right now, there's there's some people on my heart, there's some people on your heart, and and then there's a battle going on. So we pray in the Spirit for them. However, the Holy Ghost, whatever you hear in your see, you can hear it. Your your spiritual ear is in tune. With, so you just stop and you can hear, you can hear. Spirit of God's talking right now. I can hear him. And I, it's my will if I want to speak that out. And so if I speak that out, then I speak it out and then I stop and I listen. And if the Holy Ghost needs me to, then he'll give me the words in English and I speak it out with my understanding. So see, I come in agreement by the Spirit. I come in agreement, uh, then not just in my spirit, but in my soul with my understanding. So uh, I will pray with the spirit. I will pray with understanding also. I will sing with the spirit and I will sing with the understanding also. So uh, when when my speech is seasoned with salt and, and I'm in that place of being thankful and I'm worshiping the Lord, then uh, all of a sudden I move from just uh, praying in tongues and then praying in, in English to I start singing in tongues. Some of the greatest things that has blessed me with is when I would sing something in the spirit and then I got the interpretation because you get the interpretation just like you do with your prayer life. And then you write that little song down, that little ditty. It may be just a little line. It may be uh, whatever. I mean, some people would be very talented at this. I've just, I'm very limited, but I, I use what I got. Amen. And so I write that down. And then when I'm uh, struggling, I'll speak that out. Well, the anointing of freedom, of victory, of peace, of joy, whatever it was, it was on that when God gave it to me, it didn't leave. So when I sing that out then, then all of a sudden the same peace, the same freedom, the same victory that I had is for me again and again and again and again. So he said, let uh, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Now look what it does when we do this. Look at verse 17. And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. All of a sudden, my Words and my deeds, they come in agreement. They're anointed by the Spirit of God. They're in a place and a position of being in alignment with Him. And when I'm in alignment with Him and I'm praying His perfect will, I'm going to have what I prayed. You're going to have what you prayed. Amen? 
So we're talking about going in grace tonight, going in grace that is progressive, going in grace that that uh, is proportioned to the truth that you're operating in. So we start simply with our speech. And and we we let that speech take us further, and then we let that speech turn into song, and and as we do that, all of a sudden, it takes us. He said that whatever we do in word or deed, this is success. This is how we live a Christian life. This is how we live an abundant lifestyle. This is how we defeat the devil, and, and our our life takes newfound uh, meaning, and it has newfound freedom. Amen. Now, remember he said that you and I, we could minister grace. We could give grace. So I want you to hold that in your mind. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. And and let's let's look about this grace to give. Now... um, I've got to read just a little bit so you'll understand what's being said. Verse number 1, 2 Corinthians 8 and 1. Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, how then a great trial of affliction, in the abundance of their joy, in their deep poverty, they abounded unto the riches of the liberality. In other words, uh, they were in a financial crisis, and what did they do? They gave. See, whatever you need in your life, whatever I need in my life, that's what we need to sow. See, and I don't know about you, but when I'm struggling in that area, that's the hardest area for me to give in. When me and Donna's fussing about something, it's very hard for me to humble myself. But that's what I need. I need humility and I need her grace. Well, I've got to give her grace to get grace. So, because you do not be deceived, whatever you so that's what you're going to reap, right? So Galatians 6. So that's what he's talking about here. That They sowed this great gift. Now, I'm not talking about taking up an offering. I'm talking about you need to find out what God wants you to give in your life. You may need to give encouragement. You may need to give all sorts of different things. Now, notice this. Um, Verse 3, for to their power I bear record, yea, and beyond their power they were willing of themselves. In other words, they went beyond what they could do. Sounds like Jesus, don't it? You and I, we've got to be willing to take that extra step because that's a step of faith. And when we take that step of faith, oh, that's what pleases God. The Bible says it's impossible to please God without faith. So I don't know about you, I, I, I try to play it safe. And when I play it safe, I'm not at peace. I'm not satisfied. I'm not growing. But we're talking about you and I are going to help each other grow. We're going to help these little ones grow. And, and to be able to do that, we're going to have to step out on some things and do some things where it seems like there's nothing there, but the Word is there. Amen? Uh, Verse 4, praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. Verse 5, and this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. That's what Jesus is wanting. He's wanting you. He wants our heart before anything else. But Because he knows if he has our heart, he has everything, right? We talked about it this morning for where your treasure, that's where your heart's going to be. Well, our treasure's in Jesus. Amen. And that's where our heart is. Now notice this. Verse six. In so much that we desired Titus that as he had begun, so that he would also finish in you the same grace that he would fulfill completely, make perfect the same grace also. How? Verse seven. Therefore, as you abound in everything, now, Paul's talking to this church. They've got a lot of problems. They love Jesus, but they've got a lot of problems. Uh, we we think we've got a lot of sexual problems in the world. Read about this church. Therefore, as you abound in everything, in faith, in utterance, in knowledge, in all diligence, 
and in love to us. Now notice what he says, the last part of the verse. See that you abound in this grace also. The grace of what? The grace of giving. We need to be in the place where we see that, what did Jesus say? It's red letter in the book of Acts. Somebody help me. Uh, you know, where Jesus said it's more blessed to than to receive. And that, that, that if you say it's somewhere, I can't, I can't pull it out. I can see it. It's, it's in the book of Acts. And, and Jesus makes that statement. It's red letter. And, and so, uh, I need to see that I need to put that label on me. Because that's why God's labeled me. You need to put that label on you. That we are givers. Because God gave to us. He sowed that into us. We can give to others. And once again, I'm not talking about money. Y'all give money. You give of your time. But I'm talking about we've got to help other people who don't know. Because I want to, I want to tell you. I, I, there's so many things that God wanted me to do. And I've done it. But I've done it grudgingly. Okay, God, if you're going to make me do this, I'll do it. But I want to go on record. I don't want to do it. Come on, I'm being honest with you. My life has been a mess. You know, everybody look and they say, oh boy, they got a great life. No, my life has been a mess because I've messed it up. I'm just now getting to a place where I can understand some things and live a life that I should have been living all of this time. Amen? Now, why am I saying all this? Go, we're in the eighth chapter. Go to the ninth chapter and, and look at, at, at verses six and seven and eight. Verse six. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. This is second uh, Corinthians nine and six. But he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Now you need to stand on this verse. You, you, every time the devil comes against you in your finances, every time he comes against you in your relationships, you need to tell the devil what you've gave. And you say, I've got a harvest laid up in heaven where you can't touch, devil. I've sowed some things bountifully. I've gave grace. I've gave mercy. I've gave love. I've gave finances. I, 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 I've gave material things. All of these things. You remind the devil that you know the promises of God. Because it's time for you to reap some things. Amen? There's nothing wrong with reaping. That's a part of sowing. Now look what happens. Verse 7. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly, or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. And remember, we talked about this word cheerful. It's where, it's hilario. It's where we get our English word hilarious. God loves a, a hilarious giver. That's why I said I got in trouble because I would do what God wanted me to do. I would give of my time or I would give of this or that, but I didn't want to do it. And so there was no joy in the process. God wants me to have joy in the process. He wants you to have joy in the process. I did not want to give out food. Okay, if y'all want to give out food, give out all the food you want to. Leave me out of it. I'm not going to hinder you. I'm going to pray for you. But I'm not going to do it. Okay, okay, leave me alone. I'll do it. But now I actually look forward to it. And I miss it when we don't get to do it. Amen? Why? Because God loves a cheerful giver. Just try him. Amen. And, and, and go against what the flesh is saying. Go against what your, your, your soul, your mind, will, and emotions is saying and say, I'm just going to try God. I, 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 I don't, I don't feel cheerful about this, but he's, he told me that he loved that. So if God loves that, then if I will do it by faith, he will reward it in reality. Amen. Come, we're talking about power. We're talking about changing people. God's called some people in this, in this congregation and they're not listening. I know because I recognize the traits, amen, because I have not listened about a lot of things. And so I don't want them to suffer. The Bible says the way of a transgressor is hard. So we want to help them not to have to go through the hard things, not kick against the pricks, but just step into the, if you're going to jump, you remember in the first time, in the used to, we uh, when I was little, well, the first Sunday in May, we'd go swimming. Me and my grandpa. I mean, that was just, that's when you went. It didn't matter what the temperature was. Hey, it's the first Sunday in May. It's time to go swimming. 
And so you don't walk up to the creek and start walking in like this. You jump in with everything you got, right? And that's what we've got to do. If we're going to do what God wants us to do, just jump in. Because see, when I'm crawled in like this, I'm getting acclimated a little bit at a time. And it hurts all the way. But if you jump in with everything you got into the will of God, all of a sudden you're acclimated perfectly, wholly to what he's wanting to do. Now, this will preach in a big church. Come on now, get with me. I'm telling you, God's wanting to do some things and he's wanting to help us to help these others. We're going to lose them if we don't do some things. Now, we've got to pray like we've never prayed before. We've got to put a wall of protection around them. We've got to speak the word of God over them until they receive it in their own heart and see who they are. Amen? Okay. Go with me to the book of Titus. Let's look at, as you start doing this, you're going to be tempted. I mean, there's going to be things happening. Uh, uh, we started giving out food. I never started hurting so bad in all my life, physically. I'm having symptoms. I just thought I had symptoms before. Uh, battling different things. Why? Because the, the devil does not want you in the will of God. And so he's, if he can, uh, get you and I to submit to the symptom rather than the savior, he's one. But we, we so we're going to have to be there to help one another. We got to remember we're here to give grace to the hearer. We're here to help each other. And so we, we've got to do that. So you're going, there's going to be temptation, but the temptation is going to help us to grow. Look at verse number uh, 11. Titus 2 and 11, for the grace of God, now underline this in your mind's eye, for the grace of God that bringeth salvation. Aren't you glad? God's grace is what brings salvation, nothing else. That bringeth salvation hath appeared to all, pardon me, to all men. Verse 12, what is what does the grace of God do? It teaches us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, that we should live soberly, that's a sound mind, Brother Corey was talking about it uh, in Second Timothy one seven earlier. We should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. So you and I, we're going to have to deny some things. We're going to have to stand against some things. You're going to be tempted. You're going to be tempted to 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 do this or not do that. You're going to be tempted to uh, evaluate whether that's God or not. If it's good, it's God. Jesus said to feed the hungry. He said, clothe the naked. Right? He said, visit those who are in prison. We got to figure out how to do the little things, uh, that lay the foundation before we can move into the greater things. Everybody wants the greater things. I do. You do. Everybody does. But we can't do the greater until we do the fundamental. We got to build the foundation and then all those other things will come. But I want you to see this temptation. He said that the grace of God would teach you and I that I love this. This means to train up as a child. To, to grow you up, to grow me up. The grace of God will grow us up and it will teach us how to what? How to deny all the things that the world is bringing against the church right now. We, and the word deny means to contradict. It's a, it's a, if I'm going from memory, I don't know, but I believe it's the same word where Jesus said, if you deny my, me before man, I'll deny you before the Father. Um, but if you'll confess me before man, he said, I'll confess you before the Father and the holy angels. So, uh, in other words, what's this saying then in that context? It's saying that, that the grace of God is going to get you to be able to, to make a stand against in the temptation against everything that's ungodly. And it's going to make a confession that Jesus is backing you up. That all the holy angels... That God the Father sitting, the Ancient of Days sitting on the throne is backing up what you're doing, what you're standing for. Now that makes me want to shout. So that's what the grace of God will do. And that's how we've got to help this, this, the, these young ones in the Lord, no matter what their physical age is, but, but their, their, their spiritual age, their spiritual maturity that, that sh- shows them that Jesus is full of grace, He's full of truth. But the grace will do you no good if you don't have the truth. Thy word is the Truth. John seventeen seventeen. Jesus said, Sanctify them through thy through the truth. Thy word is the truth. You've, they've got to have the word. And, and so we've got to present it to them in a way uh, that makes them hungry. 
in a way that they can receive it. Amen? Okay. Uh, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, that we should live soberly and righteously and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus the Christ. This, this temptation that comes against you, the grace of God will show us, hey, with what we're seeing, it's just showing us that we're one day closer to the return of the Lord. Instead of getting, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's easy to get down Sometimes when we see what's happening and, and, and we think, gosh, this world is getting so bad. And, and you know, uh, they released that, that uh, secret agenda uh, that the president and them had. You know, he said by the end of the year, he wants gas $8 to a gallon. Well, he's got it. It's over four here at Dover. Uh, so that's a little discouraging. That's a little despondency when we we look. Well, we've got the same amount of money, but here gas is... All of this, but it doesn't matter because we're looking to Jesus. He's your source. He's my source. And it's just showing that we're one day closer to the coming of the Lord. And so we need to do what God would have us to do. All right. In closing, I want you to to see how if we'll let the grace of God grow us up. Uh, cause he said, remember what he said there? He said, teaching us. And I told you that word means to train as a child. Go to second Peter chapter three. And uh, let's see the last words that that uh, Jesus would speak through Peter. Now I want to read verse one, but then we're going to drop down uh, to the last two verses in this chapter, and that's all we're going to cover. So I'll let you go. But look what he says in verse one, Second Peter three and one. Peter says, "This second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you." in both which I stir up your pure minds by the way of remembrance. And so that's what we've got to do. We've got to keep our our, our minds. That's that's part of our soul. We've got to keep it stirred up to the Word of God. We, we, we've got to be looking to that blessed hope. We've got to be looking to Jesus, looking to the author, uh, uh, Hebrews chapter 12, the author and the finisher of our faith, and, and keep stirred up and not not get distracted, not get despondent, not get displaced. The devil wants to displace you and I. Now, with that being said, drop down to verse 17. Second Peter 3 and 17. Ye therefore, beloved, seeing you know these things before, beware. You know, be on guard. Be on guard. He said, I, I, and that's what he spends his third chapter telling us about. He gives us the warning about, uh, about how the heavens and the earth are going to burn up. Why would we want to place our treasure here? They're going to be dissolved. In a moment, in a twinkling of eye, everything is going to change. But he said, beware, I want you to be on guard, lest ye also being led away with the error of the wicked. See, the wicked, is they have an anointing too. The devil has an anointing. And he has an anointing of deception. And so he said, I want you to put people in remembrance that they need to to grow in the grace that we're going to see in just a moment, because the wicked will cause people uh, to be led away captive. That's what this is saying in the Greek. He said, ye therefore, beloved, seeing that you know these things before, beware lest ye also being led away with the error of the wicked and fall from your own steadfastness. This word fall means to be driven out of course. Um, I don't know about you, but have, have you ever just, just messed up big time and just sinned? You know, I have. And when you mess up and sin, then, then you sit there and I think, oh my God, what am I going to do? I mean, I, I, I'm created for this purpose, this reason, and I've just got out of the course. I have no purpose. If, I, if I'm not doing the will of Jesus, if I'm not following his voice, I have no purpose. And so I'm right here. I've stepped out of that wheel. I've stepped out of that plan. And, and there's nothing here. I mean, it is empty. It's dark. It's it's scary. But he's right there. All I got to do is just repent. And, you know, he's right there calling me back and all of those things. But we need to help some people because to be all honesty, they're going through the motions, but they're in that place. They're, they're not in the course that Jesus has for them. And we want to help them, amen?
We want to pray for them, but we want to put our arm around them. We, we, we want to do whatever God would have us to do to make them see how needed they are and to see how they need to be a part. And uh, we need to give them an opportunity to be used because they need to know that Jesus needs them. All right. Verse 18 in closing. But grow in grace. But grow in what? Grace. So remember Jesus is, John 1.14, Jesus is full of grace and full of truth. So uh, even though Jesus is in me, I don't know all about him. So I need to know more about him. And so I can, he, he, he said, but grow in grace. That's a command. It's not an option. But guess what? When he gives me a command, he gives me the anointing to do it. So I have the anointing, you have the anointing to grow in grace. But grow in grace, and how does that come? In knowledge. That's this truth. And in knowledge of our Lord Jesus, our our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to Him uh, be glory both now and forever. Amen. So I can grow in that. I've just got to let it be. I want to close with two, just two examples and we'll close, just read two verses. Sister Victoria put Luke 1 and 80. Let's look at John the Baptist, what it says about him, and then we'll look at Luke 2.40, what it says about Jesus. This is John the Baptist. And the child grew and he waxed strong in the spirit. Come on. He grew in grace. He waxed strong in the spirit and was in the deserts until the day of his showing unto Israel. So, in other words, he was in a a, a place that seemed dry to the world, but that was the place that growed him up to be able to be the forerunner of Jesus Christ. He decreased in himself that he might increase in Jesus and he might bring forth uh, the, the, the ministry of Jesus and to the point to one day he just disappeared. But isn't that amazing? He lost his head that Jesus might be his head. I mean, he literally physically lost his head. But you and I, we need to spiritually, we need to lose our head and receive the head of Jesus. And we're going to grow in grace. Look at Jesus, what it says about him in Luke 2.40. And the child grew and waxed strong in the spirit. He was filled with wisdom and the grace of God was... So he's full of grace and truth, but then God also brought the grace upon him. So that's what we've got to do. We've got to, okay, Jesus is in me. He's full of grace and truth, but I need the grace to come upon me. See, the anointing abides in you, 1 John 2, 27, to teach you. That's to teach you, to cause you to grow up. But then the anointing comes upon you to serve. See, I used to just want to operate in the anointing in me. Lord, you teach me. But we've got to let the anointing come upon us to serve what we've been taught. Amen. I'll close with this thought. How many's heard of the great uh, preacher Charles Spurgeon from London in the 1800s? Um, some of the greatest writings you can read. Uh, he just lived to be 58 years Oh, but uh, they've got some, his sermons are, are written down, and and you know they're they're such a blessing even to this day. But in London, in in, in uh, the eighteen fifties, um, there was a, a another church that was not as prominent, uh, but very successful uh, at that same time, and 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 so the, they were kindly uh, in competition. Uh, not not meaning to be, but, you know, you either belong to one camp or you belong to the other. You know, we see the same thing today. But anyway, um, one particular uh, sermon uh, in the one church, the, the pastor, I believe his name was Parker. He happened to mention that the orphanage that Spurgeon had started, uh, uh, he, he was just talking about uh, what he was saying was this ministry was very needful because the orphans, they were in, in a bad way. They were neglected and, and uh, they, they, uh, they needed clothing, they needed shelter, they needed food in the worst way. But somebody took that message to Spurgeon uh, that this man spoke from the pulpit and they twisted it. 
And, and so, uh, I don't know exactly what happened. We, come on, we all make mistakes, you know. So, uh, the next Sunday, he decided to address that from the pulpit. So, boy, he really laid into this other pastor. I mean, he really laid into him hard. So, uh, the next Sunday, both churches were full and running over because they were saying, hey, where is this going to go? It was more entertaining. It was a modern day Christian soap opera, right? At this time period. Well, uh, when that Sunday rode around, I believe his, I can't remember his name. I think it's Parker, but I'm not for sure. When he took the pulpit, he preached his message. And when he was finished, he said, I, I heard today that Pastor uh, uh, Spurgeon is not in his pulpit. Well, this is the day that they take up the offering for the orphanage. So I think that we need to take up the offering for the orphanage for them. And so everything that you give today is going to go straight to take care of these orphans. And so the ushers went through. They had to empty the offering plates three times. It was the biggest offering that ever took up in the whole church. And they took and they delivered that uh, to uh, uh, Pastor uh, Spurgeon's church. They, and, and they, and, and, and they got it to the, the place it was designated to go. Well, that afternoon, there was a knock. And like I said, I can't remember his name. I believe it was Parker, but they not, there was a knock on his, on that pastor's study. And, and there stood Pastor Charles. And he said, may I come in? And he said, yes, you may. And, and he looked at him and he said, you have gave me the pure definition of grace. You have gave me not what I deserve, but just exactly what I need. That's you and I tonight. We, we didn't get what we deserve, but we've got just exactly what we needed. And since I've got what I need, you've got what you need, guess what? We've got the seed to sow into somebody else's life just exactly what they need. But we've got to humble ourselves. And not let what's done or, or been done or been said influence us because we're not led by the outside. We're led by the inside. We're not led by the flesh, but we are walking, as we talked about this morning, in and by the Spirit. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for this wonderful group of people. I thank you for allowing me to be a part uh, of this part of the body of Christ. Lord, I ask that you just bless them like never before. I ask that you wrap your arms around them and reveal your love to them like never before. Reveal the truth of the Word of God to them like never before. Father, help us to to grow in these areas of grace that you have brought to us tonight and and to allow us to come to a, a deeper level in you like never before. Father, let it be. And those that we've prayed for, those that we've stood in the gap for, those that we're believing for, those that you want to use us to help. Lord, we believe that it is already inside of us. And you've gave us everything that we need to be able to give out to them. Lord, let it be. Let it be. Let this church just bubble over with the love of God. With that, let us have that fullness of grace with the proportion of truth to be able to do your will. Oh, we ask these things in the name of Jesus. Would you come tonight and make yourself an altar and say, Lord, here I am. I'm so thankful for grace. I'm so thankful for truth. And tonight, Lord, I make my heart available to you. If there's some area that I need to receive a little more grace, I want to grow in that. I want to grow up by that grace. But I know that The grace that you give me, I've got to have the truth to operate in it. So let me hear both. Whether I need one or the other, to be reminded of one or the other, however it might be, let tonight be the night that I hear it. And not just for myself, but for my sphere of influence, for those you've called me to minister to, let it be. Would you come in the name of Jesus and just make yourself an altar and just let him speak into your life what you need.